For the newly indoctrinated, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files follows the story of a professional wizard in Chicago. We started our podcast as a way to help break down the series' most important moments, characters, and lore. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure at it by your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 8.9, A Dish Served Cold, where we are covering the novel Grave Peril. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Hi. Chapter 18. Dresden recovers from his attack while he and Bob analyze the dream. Bob informs Harry that the nightmare has eaten part of his powers and is stronger as a result. After some theorizing, Dresden realizes who the next victims might be. Yeah, so this is, so yeah, so we left kind of the cliffhanger last time was he'd had this terrible nightmare um, where we discussed the horrible, horrible death of Mickey Malone in that dream. Um, mm-hmm. Murphy just kind of gets sliced and diced, kind of quick, it's over. Michael just gets like his neck snap kind of quick. And then Harry gets chomped at the end and he's like literally freaking the fuck out and like runs down to his lab and like pulls up his circle to like shut everything out and protect himself <laughs> and, and whimper and cry and hide. His protective blankie. He's prote- yeah, literally <laughs> like his, um, thanks to Mr. having clawed him basically to, <laughs> we find out that Bob had not yet, right? Cause um, Harry, well, I, we just as we get into this, but but yeah, Bob's basically is like, um, you know, was still in Mister from his his recon mission, um, and saw that Harry was like out of it, so he kind of stuck around to keep an eye on him and, and tried to, and he's like, yeah, I think I know what ate you, and that's kind of where we left off. <laughs> so now we're at the start, and Harry's like, eat me, <laughs> like what? I don't understand. He's like, yeah, this nightmare you've been chasing, yeah, totally just took a big chomp out of you, and Harry's like, what the fuck? <laughs> So, yeah. So, he gives us a nice excuse because Harry's all kind of... Fr- and I will admit, I mean, not usually, like, this terrified, but those are always the worst dreams for me. I do. I dream a lot. I always have, like, weird dreams, and I remember most of them at least, like, for a little while once I wake up, right? So, they're often kind of strange and slightly abnormal or whatever, but the worst ones are ones where I'm really emotionally invested in the dream, and I will wake up, and I will be, like, really, like, if I started, like, having an argument or something in the dream, and I will wake up still, like, really tense and, like, frustrated, you know, and I'm like, I I know, as soon as I wake up, I'm like, hey, no, it was a dream, but it'll still take me a while so you know i mean it's like i think there's lots of jokes and stuff out there where it's like you know like the wife or something is like you're in big trouble you're sleeping he's like what did i do it's like you didn't share your cupcake in my dream and it's like but that was it's like i know but i'm still mad at you and it's like it seriously is like that or like ones where i would like literally wake up like crying because i'll be like so hugely emotional that it literally does transfer over to like the real world and stuff like that so i'm like i kind of do sympathize with harry here like i said i'm not usually thank god mortally terrified or anything like that but I mean I definitely have had bad dreams and definitely have had some scary ones and those are but it also gives us a nice moment here because it gives him an excuse to be like I, I I don't know what it's on and for Bob to give us like all this exposition that Harry doesn't necessarily need but the readers do <laughs> right yeah <laughs> right so uh so Bob let it, lets him know what happens from his end yeah, so explains, you know, he's like, do you remember coming in all, like, drunk off, like, vampire spit and everything? And he's like, mm, kind of. So he, yeah, so he fills Bob in on what happened to finding Lydia and getting jumped by Kyle and Kelly and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, so then Bob kind of goes back to his and he's like, I think you were you were torn up pretty good or whatever. And he's like, I remember I had a dream. Like, he's like, it was a terrible dream. And he's like, I tried to change it, but I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I couldn't. And, and Bob's like, yeah, he's like, okay, I like that figures or whatever. And Harry's like, what do you mean that figures? He's like, I think I realize how this is happening. Right. So we find out, um, cause they've been up until this point, right. They're like, how did this thing cross a threshold? Like maybe it went into Lydia and mm-hmm. Lydia got an invite and, and Bob's now like, no, like this thing didn't come into you guys. It went, you went out to Ed or whatever. So you went and had these dreams, right? Cause we learned same thing that, that Malone hadn't been sleeping, right? He'd been suffering from insomnia and stuff like that. So this thing is outside 
you know, tearing up little kitty cats and birdies while it's waiting. And then once he finally goes to sleep, then he can access from the Never Never side or whatever. So same thing with Harry, right? He's like, once Harry finally fell asleep and had, I mean, again, like normally, Harry does say like normally he has to be a little bit more prepared. Like he can have sort of lucid dreams if he sort of knows or wants to do. But I think even in a general sense that because Harry's aware of it and it's something he can do, I think most times he would have an easier time manipulating her his dreams. But this time he wasn't ready. And the added fact, I think, of being incapacitated by the vampires and things like that is what also made it. And then getting, like, you know, not even just, like, sort of a bad dream he wanted to change, but it was a literal attack on him that, right, you know, there was... On? Yeah, because it was, like, ordinarily, I think he probably... Because, I mean, you know, we're a couple of days into this. Like, I think Harry has otherwise been sleepy. Like, he had the nightmare about Leah and stuff like that. But... Either this is the first time that the Nightmare has specifically chosen to come after him or just the first opportunity to get at Harry. And, and you know, Bob also lays out that, um, you know, because of people dreaming and stuff like that, right? And, like, you know how the ghost is just an imprint of you left behind. And, and Harry's like, but I'm not a ghost. And he's like, but you have everything to make a ghost. Like, you're just a ghost waiting to happen. Like, every person is, you know? It's just mm -hmm. until you die, maybe you are, right? And then, yeah, seeing how how not all dream you know he's like most of the time you dream it probably wouldn't but sometimes when we have like these intense dreams that it makes these little pocket universes in the never never like agatha hagelthorne's domain and things like that right and then harry's kind of like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> unintentional though it was there's no research like a mythbusters episode <laughs> There's a Mythbusters episode on dreams? No, but I'm saying they made their own Mythbusters episode. They were like, well, how do we figure this out? Let's just do it ourselves. <laughs> they didn't mean to, but if I you really want to see how the nightmare's working, just have a nightmare. This is Well, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so he remembers that, yeah, the dream started out sort of normal. It started out the events that they happened on this actual real-life bust that they did. But when it got to the part where they took down the bad guy, all of a sudden everything switched and the bad guy took down all of them. And I don't know why it's so funny. My my mental picture of this demon, like I know it sort of says um, in the dream, he's like it was kind of like cloudy and misty and something like that, sort of foggy or something like that. But yet by the time it gets around to the point where it's like chomping down, I, I almost always, mostly the... Um, um, Mario? Maleficent. Mm. No, the, the dragon... Um, in, in the Disney cartoon version, just sort of that silhouette black dragon that she becomes kind oh. of, it, that's almost always more just sort of like the silhouetted black, not a lot of like crazy detail out of like a and d dragon or something, but just, I always sort of picture that just, I think maybe because of the way it says it like chomps them and grabs them and shakes them and, but yeah. And then at other points it's like different things, but in that point I always envision the sort of dragony thing is, is. I think I still envision the toad demon for some reason. Oh, really? Is that like your, is that like your default demon in like every Dresden now? So far. Okay, no offense. I like my dragon better than your toad demon. I, I totally like that idea better. I'm hoping it'll replace mine. Right? No, no. Um, but yeah, kind of like, yeah, almost like, a, yeah, um, the way it's sometimes depicted like that sort of two-dimensional sort of shadowy thing. Mm. But anyways... So then he's like, so what else happened? So yeah, so that's when Harry figures out, and he's like, when stuff started going wrong, like, I tried to change it, but I couldn't. And Bob's like, yeah, he's like, well, you, you kind of, you're lucky and you're not. Like, it didn't manage to take as much out of you. Like, it got a bite of you, not killed you or did worse damage because you were kind of on home turf. It was your dream. But because he got the drop on you and you weren't expecting it and you weren't at full capacity, he still managed to do damage right. to you that he might not otherwise have been able to do. And Bob was able to help with the, the assistance of Mr. And Smack. at least, yeah, at Smack. least Bob. And again, that's so fun. Like, that's just an interesting little quirk there again on the spirit side because I'm like, we all see each other dreaming, but we don't know what dreams are, right? But that Bob's like, I think I know what got you. Like, just because he's got that spirit element you know, almost like a little x-ray vision or something, like, you know, whether the entity mm. had kind of crossed over into that space or whether he could see into, right? But that's basically what it is. He's like, I saw this thing attacking you <laughs> and tried to wake you up, right? And so, yeah, exactly. He's like, just a little friendly, like, swat. To, like, we've all been there, right? Who hasn't woken up to, like, you know, <laughs> a cat? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, dear. Please forgive me. <laughs> I was say, you started that sarcastically, but we all have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so they next theorized that it could be a ghost demon, as the ghost was slayed by Amarakis, and therefore is possible that the demon is actually dead instead of dispersed. Yeah, because he's like, can demons leave ghosts? And Bob's like, mm, I don't think so. He's like, unless it was like, because that's something, and I don't know if it's been fully explored, um, you know, if everybody who's only this far in the series gets it, but like with the toad demon and things like that, it's that they're manifesting, they're creating this, you know, ectoplasmic body to be real in our world because they're only real in the Never Never, right? And so when Harry kills something, it's usually just shattering the that vessel. Yeah, it that they the the energies that are holding that together are as you say dispersed or whatever and their you know spirit whatever goes back to the never never so they're not dead they're just blotted out vanquished it's, it's like a reboot right like it's next character and you've gone back to little <laughs> you know mario like jumped off a cliff or something but he'll be back in the next um so here bob is like well unless you like kill kill but again that's the whole point of like demons and entities like that is that they're much harder to kill in our reality and why they're scary and nightmarish and stuff like that. And cause you have to kill them like two or three times to get to the, you know, or again, kill them in their reality. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, Oh yeah. Well, Michael took him out with Amarakis and he's like, yeah, that might've, that'd do it. <laughs> that'd, yeah. And you can tell just Bob's like, Oh, and like, you know, it's like, okay. So we know again, it just emphasizing the fact that Amarakis is some serious stuff. And even compared to what some of Harry can do, right. Harry can like disperse shit. But even, you know, what he's using at this time and how he's using it, he wouldn't necessarily have killed that. But Bob's like, yeah, no, Amarakius might might have had enough. Like, that whole faith magic and whatever, like, that could have been enough to kill him. So, again, maybe it did leave, like, a ghostly imprint, like, other beings of this world can leave. Um, yeah, Michael wields quite a bit of power. Yeah, and it's the other part of what makes Michael so awesome is that he's not a douche. No, he's not. Like, he does have, and in some instances like this, he has more power than than Harry, potentially. And yet, he's even less of a dick than Harry can be sometimes. <laughs> I love you, Harry, but... A bit of a never-ending shtick with Harry, though, is that as, as main character as he is, he's never exactly, you know, outclassing his allies. Yeah, he's never like the you know, Superman, Superman of, you know, where he's always right and always knows the right. And and, mm-hmm. and even right here, because um, he's like, you know, they're like putting it together with Bianca and stuff like that and her stirring it up. And, and Bob's just like, all right, we'll go kill her. And he's like, I can't just go kill her. And Bob's like, he's like, you can't just kill her. And he's like, well, no, I can. That's why I said you. And he's like, no, like, I can't just. <laughs> and Bob's like, why? <laughs> you know, and Harry's like, well, he's like, oh, it's this whole moral thing. He's like, yeah, I still get confused about that. And Harry's like, yeah, join the club or whatever. But again, right, in an instance like this, it's like, well, yeah, if you, you know, I can't just walk around murdering people because, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of other moments where Harry's like, am I doing the right? Like, even in the next chapter and stuff like that, you know, he has some of those, like, well, I've done everything I can, haven't I? Like, do I have to do more? <laughs> like, can I just cut my losses? And just interesting because he's got such a, a an over sense of, of responsibility. Yeah. And that, that's that a- he would even consider that he's got a skewed compass. And I think that's, yeah, kind of what Harry, like, you know, he's like, ultimately, I know, <laughs> you know, it is kind of that rhetorical question to himself, you know, where it's like, do I really? And he's like, okay, ultimately, yeah, I know I am. Like, obviously I can't. And we know, you know, nine times out of 10 or whatever, like, yes, Harry's, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's that whole that, Sometimes he wants to, you know, he's like, I'm scared, I'm outclassed, I don't have any, like, you know, like, I want to get the fuck out of here and live to fight another day kind of a thing. And, and yeah, he always, you know, eventually, or ultimately, which is why we do like Harry, because we're like, we know you're the good guy, we know you're the hero, we'll know you, despite all your grouching and grumbling and pretending otherwise, you know. But there are, there are moments where it's not as black and white and cut and dried, and he's like which which is the right road to take, you know? Sometimes his weakest moments are when he's his own boss, because typically speaking, when he's up against a power, he pretty much always chooses the fuck you version, right? Yeah. So people are telling him, step down, walk away, don't do this. It's very easy for him to be like, uh-uh, oh, I'm going I'll do, do whatever this. the fuck I want. But as soon as he's the only, you know, barrier against himself, that's when he really is like, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, I feel that. <laughs> you know? If I've got, like, a boss or something that's like, okay, we need, like, A, B, and C done, and, you know, like, A's the priority, and then doesn't, you know, and you're like, okay, 
okay, no problem. But as soon as they're like, oh, I don't know, we've got one. And then you're like, well, should I do this one first? Well, what about that one? Well, if I do this one, what is the, well, I don't, and I, you know, and it's like 20 minutes of like just thinking about it before I'm like, why don't you just do something? <laughs> you know that lit song? <laughs> My own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, right? Like all the time. Play that right now. Yeah. Little inter- interjection here. Harry's life. Yep. So yeah, so they figured out that Bianca is stirring some of this up, um, and they figure that, yeah, it's this demon that's basically made a ghost, and now it's coming after all the people. So there were several people from SI. I want to backtrack on that real quick, because, like, this entire book thus far, like, Harry's been like, I don't like Bianca, and she sucks, and there's been a little bit of vampire activity, but, like, thus far, he's been like, it could be this, it could be that, it could be that, and this moment, they're just both like, all right, fuck Bianca. She's definitely the one stirring shit up. (laughs) It seemed like a little bit, like felt like a reach well yeah it seemed like you know this whole time they're just like eh, she's on the table and suddenly this chapter like it's bianca but for sure i think some of this is because kyle and kelly and stuff keep popping up so we mm-hmm. know the nightmare is after linda and they've now nabbed lydia L- lydia sorry lydia who the fuck is linda i know so i was like <laughs> that didn't feel right coming out of my mouth uh lydia so i think that's where he's like okay well she's definitely got to be involved now because that's where um um, the connections and things because cause, yeah because he's like Bob is like maybe the spells are someone else's work and he's like Bianca I said suddenly she and her lackeys are all messed up in this somehow remember that they put the snatch on Lydia and they were waiting for me that first night when I came back from being arrested so he's like I didn't think she was and Bob's like I don't think she was that big a practitioner and he's like not horribly but she just got promoted and blah 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 so I think this is where like, I do kind of get what you're saying, but I think this is why it suddenly, you know, the, the reasoning in the book is like, well, Bianca keeps popping up and meddling, and like, every time I want to go, like, Kyle and Kelly are there, and I go looking for Lydia, and they've taken Lydia, and, right, so I think that's mm-hmm. where he's like, it's got to be. I don't know, for whatever reason, the execution of those facts just still isn't enough for me. It seemed a little too convenient or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, just something as, about it was just like, I don't know. Just, I don't know if I'd really be that confident at this well, point. Yeah. What was what was the other Maybe one back in like the last book where Harry's just like Oh, um no, it's the first Stormfront with Weasel Face, the photographer, mm-hmm. Denny, Desi, whatever What about name. it? And you were just like, Harry just instantly decides that you're like, you know, he's like, I'm just going to take the film and it's all fine. And you're, yeah. like, you were so mad about him just like making that snap decision about deciding like how dangerous or not he was. I don't know. Like, you're like, he just fucking trusted him. What the fuck? 95% of the time, I enjoy Butcher and I think that he does a really good job like backing Harry into corners so like for the audience it's like it's not like well that's convenient it's like no he literally had no other option but this yeah. but every now and again Butcher really throws a bone and I'm like how dare you just don't be this nice to this like, guy I don't have six Fuck more chapters guy. to figure out how to suddenly work just it's Bianca yeah. okay yeah. Just- <laughs> every now and again I'm like whoa 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 you really rushed that bitch <laughs> there's just no pleasing her either it drags out forever and there's no resolution or there is and then it's just too soon Normally, I'm one of those people, like, every movie I've ever watched is, like, the best movie I've ever seen. But really breaking it down to a podcast, I'm very critical now. I'm like, yeah, wait a second. You know what? I do have issues with everything, as a matter of fact. Right? Uh, As does this ghost demon nightmare thing. So Harry starts putting it together. So he still can't figure out Lydia. So Bob's like, okay, well, yeah, she's kind of an oddball. Take her out. And he's like... Okay, Mickey Malone and me and da 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 da. And he's like, we were all the people in this dream and everything. We were the ones that were right there. So while there was more SI people involved, it's really the ones that came down in those final moments that were directly responsible. So Malone had had shot the feet out from under Kravos as Kravis tried to run away or whatever. So he was right there. Murphy was obviously right in there beside, you know, she took a swing at it. Dresden was the one that worked up the magic to trap Kravos in his circle and everything. And Michael's the one that, that took out the demon, right? So those are the, the big players right there. The ones that were in direct contact of making all that happen, not the other cops that were rounding up the other guys and working the perimeter and stuff like that, right? So Harry's like, oh, shit. I got people in trouble now. Like, they've already hit up Malone, like, um... Yeah, that's, there's that hypersensitive responsibility that he's got again. Yeah. Well, and he does, because I think, yeah, is that in this chapter he mentions? Well, he realizes, what happens is he realizes that, uh, that the, the nightmare has taken his powers because mm-hmm. he tries to use a spell that he's the, the flicking bickus, and, he, <laughs> and, it, and he can't do it. Like, it, it just yeah. fails him. 
And that's where they realize, oh, I got him right in the chi. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's like, um, but yeah, so now he has, he's like, well, this thing's out there running around with some of my power. If it does anything, I'm responsible. And Bob's kind of like, what? And he's like, yeah, I know, what that, but it, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, not really, but it is still. Uh, sometimes I don't really like, I'm not with Harry all the time on his responsibility, but for this one, I actually am. It's like this, this one I actually do blame Harry for. Like, the whole, like, you've got to protect your friends who are involved in this thing. Like, yeah, that actually, like, even without the Nightmare taking his power, mm-hmm. just whoever was there at that fight with Kravos, I can see, like, that's a fair thing for Harry to be like, I dragged this, well, I mean, it was kind of happening anyways, and it, the cops kind of enlisted Harry, but still, like, I still see that one, like, yeah, this is your team, you've yeah. got to, you know your team is being targeted, now you've got a sense of responsibility to keep them safe. That one makes sense. And then even furthermore, like, yeah, like, you didn't mean to give the Nightmare your power, but it is running around with your face and power now, so yeah, like, exactly. sometimes I don't always, sometimes I'm not always like, mm, Harry, it's not really your job, but for this one, I actually, I'm like, yeah, you one out. Yeah. Yeah. It really does seem like something you shouldn't put off. <laughs> right, exactly. And I, I kind of love the realization of that or whatever, too, right? Because he's finally, you know, getting over this nightmare and the conversation has calmed him down and he's not, like, literally scared out of his wits anymore. So, yeah, he wants to just, you know, flick him back ass, which is, I love that that's his. <laughs> again, that's just that. And eventually, I think they talk about it at one point of how he came about. But again, it's just his... um blase flippant sort of like um but yeah and he's totally like flabbergasted like blindsided like why and bob's like oh you didn't put enough power in it he's like but i like i did as like i always like i've done it like a million times bob's like 1756 by my count i think Mm, Uh, 1756 that i've seen by slow that bob's like that records computer he's like yeah 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 um so yeah and then and then that's why he's like probably because the nightmare took a big bite out of your powers and Harry's like say what (laughs) (laughs) he's like oh did you miss that part it's the first thing I said Harry you idiot yeah, well, yes and no, he did. Yeah, well, actually, yes, it is. He's like, I know it tried to eat you. But I guess Harry just took it as, like, an eat-me-dead thing, not a, like, eat some of my powers and leave me here and go away and be able to use that. Right. And I love how vague Bob is about how long he may or may not have, like, a little loss of his powers. <laughs> it could be a day or two. It could be a couple of hours. could be, you know, a year. Yeah, it's like a couple weeks. Decades. Months. Decades. But you'll be fine. <laughs> and he's like, decades. Bob. To be fair to Bob, decades is the same thing as a week. Right? right? That's why Bob's like, hey, you know, you're fine. Harry's like, yeah. Well, and yeah, that's it. He's like, he's like, I'm responsible for what it does. And Bob's like, that's irrational. He's like, it doesn't make it any less true. <laughs> Which is kind of, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, kind of what Jessica was saying there. It's like, it is kind of irrational, but at the same time, it is also kind of... Because, yeah, like you said, to go back to that, it was like SI brought him in because he'd been doing all like these serial killings and stuff like that in order to. But, like you say, at the end of the day, why Harry's there, it's, it's something from his, yeah. his side of the street. You know what I mean? Is he's put it sometimes. So, exactly that's where he has. The whole point is that they, they wouldn't have. If Harry mm-hmm. hadn't been there, they would not have been able. And Michael and whatever, but the demon and the sorcerer. So, and even if Harry hasn't either A, announced it or B, you know, uh, self actualized it yet. He, he really does take up the whole, like, protector of Chicago. Like, I'm in charge of the supernatural, and the cops take care of the regular shit. And, like, that's, like, I've got no choice of that part of the team. Like, yeah, I'm the law enforcement here when it comes to the supernatural. So whether or not he's taken quite the same, you know, words against it, he very much is, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's living that, even if he hasn't. Well, exactly, of. yeah. Well, he, he is, you know, yeah, responsible he's... for it. In a sense, not just, like... You know, it's stupid to make yourself responsible for things that really have nothing to do with you. But to a point where, like, you know, he kind of is at this point. Like, he's really built himself up in this Well, yeah, and, position. and I mean, in this case, who is going to, you know, like he says, there's not exactly, you know, wizards running around all over town that, like, you know, like, well, you know, there's already, like, a wizard cop. He should be looking after, the, you know, it's like <laughs> there isn't anyone else, right? It's like... Yeah, so it's not even like he can kind of slough it off on somebody like it's not mine. He's like, there's literally no one else. Even whether I want it to be or not, it does have to be. Although, me, right? to be fair, according to his ads in the paper, I mean, he basically, you know, he's declared himself 
a wizard cop, and not only that, but the only wizard cop. <laughs> well, except that he didn't—he didn't start out as a as, as a wizard cop. It was you know private investigator. Yeah, a private investigator. Yeah, but his ad is like lost things found. You know, paranormal investigations. No parties and love potions. You know that is not. You know he's not even being like. Still though, he's I'll not fly just on like, your wife for you. Like he's not even advertising sort of that part of the. It just very quickly became, <laughs> you know, when your number one contract is the cops. Yeah. So see that that's Murphy's fault right there. Harry didn't ask to be contracted, but <laughs> right. it's, it's all Murphy's it's like, fault. To be fair, <laughs> I shouldn't just let that troll eat her, and I would have like so many less problems. <laughs> They're also like almost his entire paycheck. So I know, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't have been called in on the Madison murders. He wouldn't have been called in on 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 the Lobo killings. He <laughs> he wouldn't have been called in for Cravo. See how this all it's all Murphy's fault. One of the problems in Chicago of I don't think this is much of a spoiler, but they're on ley lines there. A bunch of ley lines cross over in Chicago, which is why they get a heavy sense of monsters more than other cities do. It's like Sunnydale's Hellmouth. Right. We gotta have an excuse for why shit keeps happening here. Yeah, (laughs) but another point of it is like, you know, you kind of wonder too, is like every other cop is just getting eaten by monsters all the time because they don't have a Harry in their city. And then you're a little bit like, it's a little less often because like, you know, Chicago's got the underground, which is good for monster hiding. And like, Mm. they've got a bunch of ley lines, which is good for monster attracting. And like, (laughs) the Avengers have got New York covered, so they're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Monsters aren't like setting up there alien alien attacks over there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But really, it's like, there's a certain uh, extent of your like if Harry's not doing it who's gonna it's like apparently the rest of the world is just dying because it's been well established too that the other wizards are like ah not our problem (laughs) although something he does kind of butcher establishes in the first couple of books before you know we sort of find out about the ley lines in and of themselves and stuff like that is he does often compare because in the real world like Chicago is like an international hub right there is a lot of you know he always compares it to like the air traffic coming in and out and it is like port cities and things like you know so I mean that it's also kind of how, um, you know, like New York and L.A. and Chicago, you know, it's just it is mm-hmm. a big, busy city. So as much as it's attracting, like, people from all over the world to come in and out on a daily basis, that naturally tourist also monsters. does. Exactly. You know, it gives them a lot of, like, well, there's a whole lot of people there to go eat. I'm going to go check out Chicago. but Disneyland for monsters. Pretty much, right? <laughs> and Smorgasbord. Right. Mommy says when I'm not afraid to ride all the rides, I can go to Chicago and terrorize all the people. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, so they get that sorted out that he's like, fuck, I've had a bunch taken out of me. And then he's like, um, figures out that, yeah, why and how it's going to go specifically. You know, it's not going to go terrorize, you know, Nurse Judy down at... Yes, because of the bailiwick. His bailiwick, which I love. I'm like, again, I think that's just a thrown in for the readers. People go look <laughs> up a bailiwick if you don't know what it is. That's just a fun word to say. It, anyway. it is, too. I think, I feel like it's more, again, one of those, um, more like a UK-British term hmm. that we don't use bailiwick here as often. But I feel like there it's still maybe a little bit more. But yeah, your strong suit, your comfort zone, your... Wheelhouse. Wheelhouse. Yeah, exactly. Um... So, yeah, so he suddenly, you know, he compares it to Agatha and, like, well, she's got power over, like, babies and, you know, abusive husbands and stuff like this. So he's like, well, fuck, that means this nightmare is going to have power over the ones that were immediately. And he's like, shit, is after payback. I got to go find Murphy. Right. <laughs> da, da, da. Uh, at first I wasn't, <laughs> I was like, why, why, what about Michael? <laughs> and then it gets to the next chapter. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's that chivalrous streak. Go save the girl first. And Murphy would be like, fuck you. (laughs) But she's not here to hear him say it, so. Thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us keep doing what we're doing. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Dresden calls Murphy to warn her, but finds out somebody has already called pretending to be him. He rushes to the police department, but finds he's already too late. The nightmare has already attacked Murphy. Dresden does what he can to make her safe and comfortable.
Okay, so yeah, so like he said, he very, you know, at the start of the next chapter, he basically identifies that Murphy and Michael, but he's like, Michael's, you know, got a better chance of defending himself. He's like, hell, he's potentially even sword. more than me, you know, <laughs> considering how things went down. So he's like, I got to check in on Murphy first. Um, and, I, and I remember actually, like, when I read this the first time, I was like, Harry, you're being so fucking stupid. Like, I picked up immediately on, like, what Murphy was saying. You know, because, like, like for half a second, you know, where he's just, like, she's like, oh, you'll you'll be late. And he's like, what? No. And she's like, I don't appreciate this. She's like, I haven't slept, and you told me you'd be. And I'm like, oh, obviously. And Harry's like, what? No, I didn't. I told you. And it was just like, I feel like you're being too dense here, Harry. Like, mm. like you got to Bianca too quick. Here, you're being yeah. too dumb. <laughs> you know, like, you should have been, like... But yeah, and again, typical Murphy sort of digging her own grave because again, instead of just, and, and I get like, you know, she says, she's like, I haven't been sleeping. I'm tired. I'm cranky. But again, she doesn't, you know, she just assumes he's being a dickhead or whatever and is like, stop being an idiot and hangs up instead of being like, why are you confused? Like, how come you don't remember you talked to me five minutes ago? And he'd be like, yo, I didn't. Don't, you know, it ain't like, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, like, and I mean, yes, you need it for the plot to work and yada yada. But again, it's just like, Murphy, just chill for a second. But it's kind of interesting, I realize as we're getting to this chapter, that this is really only the second time that we've seen Murphy this book. So again, she was the impetus in Stormfront. She hired him to check out this murder. And one case bled into the other case and it all became one. But Murphy brought him it in full moon it was the same thing right it was murphy comes in and, and gets him to start looking or asking him questions she's like yeah she couldn't officially hire him at the time but she basically brings him into the lobo murders and he discovers this whole big ginormous plot with 67 different werewolves all trying to get in on the action <laughs> in this one it, it we haven't yet the only time he's seen her is when he gets called away from what him and michael are doing to to be asked to go check on malone and again, then sort of, you know, at this point he's now, but this is it. This is only the next time we've seen Murphy, you know, it's like normally he'll, you know, call her for information or she'll be coming to him or, you know, and there's no bigger case. Like, again, that was all off screen. That was Kravos that happened a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And now this is like the in-between time where, you know, so it's like, it's kind of, yeah, it's like Murphy is not as great. Um, well, and this, this grief peril sets up the new normal for the series too. Yeah. Where it's like... Yeah, this isn't like a buddy cop, you know, film where like, the, like, or a, what is it, like, another cop TV drama, you know, where it's just like, ooh, but this one has a supernatural element, you know? Like, if you've watched um, Lucifer on Netflix, right? I'm sorry, I haven't yet. <sighs> I know. What? I know. It's so good. It's real good. I know. The point is, is like, when I first started seeing commercials for that, I was actually annoyed because it's like, you've got NCIS and you've got CSI and you've got NCIS. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, yeah. C, S, I, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and there's Law and Order, A, B, C, D, whatever, and there's like, yeah, any number pl- of, I don't know, blue cop, red cop, red fish, bl- I, like, there's <laughs> yeah. a lot, there's one cop, two cop, red cop, blue cop, <laughs> I cannot stand here, but like, there's a fucking, it's been done, every word in the English language yeah. has been turned into a cop show at some point, yeah. Every actor in the world has done a pilot episode. Are there like cop seven show? FBI shows too? <laughs> like, or oh yeah, They're all like just called the, FBI. <laughs> there, yeah, there's it's it's yeah. never ending, right? And even if you go um, to like to Bones, where it's like it's more the medical side of things, but you still got the FBI every single episode. To yeah, there's right? always a case to solve. Yeah, so it's like even the Dresden TV show, which yeah. I haven't seen the entirety of it, but typically speaking, that was another. It was kind of just set up as like it's a cop show case with a supernatural. Week, so, yeah, yeah, exactly, right. But it's like, you know, Grave Peril really sets it up a new normal now where it's like, no, this isn't just like the cops and Supernatural. This is like, no, Harry's always doing a Supernatural Harry's thing. Harry's the center. Yeah, and he happens not, to know a cop. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Murphy is mm-hmm. not the center of it. It's not him coming in on a case every week. And it changes a little bit from the yeah. passive to active as well because it's like, well, even like, you know, when Harry starts to build up this whole like, I'm a person, I'm a protector, the Chicago's mine, this is my domain, I'm in charge of the supernatural here in this area. That's really, like, a, a good part of the, like, separating himself from just being, like, the cop's, you know, psychic, psychic you know? <laughs> He's actually his own person, he's got his own shit going on that's completely separate from the cops, but with his relationship to Murphy, yeah. he does get to make those calls in and be like, yo, well, background like check say, this person, get my car out of compound, show up with <laughs> your gun, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, um, it's a... She becomes a bit of a, well, a, a, a tool in the toolbox, for lack of a better... Well, a little 
little bit, yeah. Instead of I mean, like he's saying, the, the main catalyst. In the first couple, it was like Murphy's like, I've got a case, you come help me. And then it starts being like, no, this is Harry's world and Harry's problems. And he's like, you come help you me. You come help or me now, yeah. Sometimes she's like, hey, do you have time to stop doing your thing to come and help me with, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But but yeah, like he say, right? Like he didn't, like you were just saying, like he started out as like a, a supernatural cop. And it's like, well, it wasn't really. He was like a private investigator of the very minimal sort of like he wasn't looking for the juicy um tabloid cases of right it was basically he's like i don't know you lose your wedding ring or like your keys or you think you got a ghost in the attic like i can track that down for you you know he didn't start out looking at that almost seems like harry was really doubting his own power or at least just wasn't aware of it necessarily like because like he kind of has always said he's like i've got a big bunch of mojo but i'm not very like delicate with it but even then, selling himself short, I'm like, I don't know, I can track down wedding rings seems a little bit like, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> well, I guess, and this is where we could make the argument that again. Of him. Well, yeah. but again, this is where we could say he was 20. Like, didn't we say he was about 20, 22 when he hung out his shingle, right? So he's just come off a rocky childhood of murdering mentors <laughs> and almost being murdered and being like, As so you, you do. You got this power. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> like, would you be like out there blasting fireballs? Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And Do Madamocles and always right, hanging over that head. Right, and that that was a very real thing in the first book. Still, right, very literal. Um, and then he just come off of his apprenticeship with Nick, which again is where we saw Ragged Angel in in um, Restoration of Faith. And that was probably, like, a really good learning experience. But, again, with me knowing, like, how much I like kids, that would be, like, a really hard thing for me. You know, if you're out there looking for kidnapped kids, you know, missing kids, trouble, like, you know, I'm like, that's going to, you know, like, that would be, I'm like, I don't know if that's what I want to jump both feet in. Maybe I'll just go find some wedding rings for a bit until I feel like I really know what I'm doing here. Before I start taking, right, because he doesn't have Nick to hold him by the hand and, and lead him through it anymore, right? So I think there could be a bit of a balance there that he might not have been looking to. Gross period. Yeah, like, I've got it, but what, what do I do with it yet? How do I make it work? What, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just thinking it's real convenient that for Butcher that uh, Harry lost his Doom and Damocles in that first book. So otherwise this would be a much more boring series. It would, and I think it <laughs> really is. Really lucky for Butcher I there. think he got rid of that quick. Yeah, right. <laughs> Seemed like a good idea. Good thinking there, Jim. <laughs> Can't imagine what this series would be like if Harry was always like, oh. That was a close call. Yeah. Well, unfortunate. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. So, yeah, we haven't seen Murphy. Well, okay, no, real quick to add on to my comment. Typically speaking, when I read a book series, is like typically you understand like, you know, this world is already happening. And the author has just decided to talk about it. Do you, though? Yes. Because you basically say every time you read a book, you have no idea what's going on. You didn't understand the book as soon as you put it down. No, no, no. But the world is still happening regardless (laughs) of whether or not I understand it. Okay, yeah. But, like, the world is still happening. And so the author walks up to this world and sees it. And he's like, all right, I'm going to write about this world, right? Yeah. And then he has to pick the most interesting character to follow, right? Right. Or, you know, certain authors might pick, you know, 30 different characters if you're fucking goddamn J. George R.R. Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Completely unnecessary. But typically speaking, right, you walk up, you look at one world and you're like all right something's you know like one of these guys is going to tell the majority of this world better than anyone else right guys is not like the other ones one of these guys just isn't the same well so things are still constantly happening to the other characters and things are always happening right but the author can only focus on one it's mostly through the filter right so it wasn't necessarily like it's not dresden's world and we're all just living in it but the author had to focus on one of the guys and like dresden had a lot going on around him he was the most interesting one to you know do the day-to-day or the weekend to weekend right but so, you know, in that sense, you know, like, yeah, it was really smart. It was really like, lucky a butcher that those Doomadamocles ended when it did. Because if he'd started writing his book a decade earlier, it might have been a little boring Boy, between yeah. 16 to 26 when he wasn't allowed to, like, do any big magic, you know? Right. No kidding. Shit was kind of boring then. <laughs> Just, what was it? Fucking magic carpet's failure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and diet potions. For really short stories. And beard potions. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like those flip books, right? But it'd just be like a really like like short story, just like two sentences each about like that ten year of his like failure, 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 like, failure, this failure. This is Harry, see Harry go boom. This is Harry, see Harry yeah. go boom. This is Harry, see Harry go boom. <laughs> Real quick poem about Harry Dresden. <laughs> I feel like we should come up with a haiku or something and put it on the I'm not as good as I don't remember the thing, so I can't come up with a haiku. Five on seven this five. Spot. Yeah, I know, but I just What do you mean you can't remember it? I just told you that. I said I'm not gonna come up with one like on the spot for but yeah, I feel like now we need to have like some Dresden poems or something. 
that the gauntlet has okay, been put out fans, there. Okay, fans, yeah. <laughs> Time for poetry. <laughs> and you will be judged, so make it good. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, okay. So, we're back at Murphy. Um, by the time he gets off the call, he realizes that, okay, she thinks she already talked to me. I know she didn't talk to me. Ergo, there is an impersonator. This thing's trying to be me. And he does throw it out there. He's like, okay, there are a lot of things that can impersonate me. So he's like, there's a possibility that something else has popped up, but doesn't seem real like, you know, Occam's razor kind what are, of a what thing. What are the chances in this moment that it's going to be something else Ex- that's random? Yeah, exactly. So he's like, this thing took a, a bite of me, so now it's familiar enough with me that it can look, you know, walk like me, talk like me, da-da-da. Um, so, uh, he's like, oh shit. So he goes tearing around to grab, you know, what he thinks he'll need and goes whipping down to the... And I love how he's got, like, his Scooby-Doo lunchbox. <laughs> like, so very, like, my little, like, uh, uh, to-go exorcism bag. It's like, my Scooby-Doo lunchbox. <laughs> Let me just throw some <laughs> sand and candles and whatever in here. Um, so, yeah, and he does, like, again, he's already basically sad, like, mm, I think Michael's okay, but he's, like... He does try to give him a call. Just, yeah, exactly, right? He's, like, mm, no, and then, yeah, can't get through to Michael either, right? So he's, like, fuck, fucky, fuck, fuck, and takes off. Um, so... Thankfully, he does manage to make pretty good time because now he knows he needs to hurry and it's late enough that at least there's not. And I, I, I again, I love this little exchange, right? He goes running into the precincts and he's like, which way did I go? <laughs> and the death uh. sergeant is like, what? He's like, did, I, did they come in here a minute ago? And he's like, checks the book and he's like, uh, yeah, you just went up to see Murphy. He's like, great, I need to see her again. <laughs> you know, I was like, that is just a little bit of that slapstick, I don't know, Keystone Cops sort of like in one door or the other. It's like, which way did I go? I'm like, what? Um, as if they didn't think he was weird enough. Yeah, right. I know. Well, he does too. And he's like, he's like the the death sergeant's like, what's going on? He's like, believe me, as soon as I find out, I'll let you know. <laughs> it's like it's almost a little bit surprised. Like it's a good thing you are well enough known around there at this point because yeah, otherwise I'm like I'd be like, mm, yeah, I'm just gonna not buzz you in, crazy person. <laughs> also, does the police precinct precinct not ask for ID? <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I, I was like, the dude uh, has Harry's face, but not like his police badge. I was gonna say, I swear, like, there's other times where Harry's had to like sign in or like show his. Maybe this is, maybe again, this is like, you know, um, you know. The last time no, we made he, Harry sign in, he put a hole in our wall. <laughs> <laughs> okay, technically, he came in under arrest that time, so I don't think he had to sign in the same way. <laughs> But I was gonna no, say, I'm talking about when he was a janitor and he had to sign to go into the stuff. Yeah, that was in full moon. He wasn't arrested. He was a janitor. Oh, okay. Well, then he still wasn't signing it. <laughs> he okay. was. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, not yeah, yeah, his, yeah, yeah. His name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, so he goes racing up to to Murphy's office and throws Rudolph and Stallings for a loop because they're like, <laughs> um, aren't you already what? And he's like, no time and. He's like, where's Murphy? Uh, in her office with you. <laughs> and I like how he doesn't bother. He doesn't knock. He doesn't try the door. Like, he doesn't even try the doorknob. He just to kicks see. it in. He just fucking boots. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe his hands were full. Like, he did say he was fumbling with, like, his staff and rod and lunchbox. And maybe that was the only reason he just didn't have a hand. <laughs> but yeah, he just fucking boots the thing in. And gets taken aback, even though like, he was expecting to see something. Was not expecting to see this thing with his fingers, like, inside Murphy's head. Right, that would trip me out that quite was, a bit yeah. if I saw myself. He's like, what the... Bu-? So, yeah, so he gets a bit thrown. But I, I always wonder about this. Because I'm like, like, parent trap. And, like, this, you know, where they're always like, hey, that's me. And I'm like... Honestly, would I do that? Like, you only see yourself every so often when you look in a mirror to do it. But the majority of your day, your life, I'm very, like, you know, for this couple hours we spend together, I spend it all looking at Tamsin's face and looking at Jessica's face. I'm not looking at my own face. So I feel I know their faces really well. And yeah, if you were to walk by on the street, I'd be like, hey, is that Tamsin? I think that looks like, but I'm like, I always wonder this. I'm like, would I look at somebody and be like, wow, that looks exactly like me. Like, do you think, like, do you ever think about that? Like, I think about it all the time when they have, like, movies and stuff like this. Or, like, where some, like, Supernatural, where something steals its face. Or, like, Parent Trap, where it's, like, you've been separated. And all of a sudden, you're like, hey, like, my brain just, I just think that'd be so From trippy. From a generation that is taking nonstop selfies all day, every day, I really think I would. <laughs> Maybe you would. Maybe. I, I look at my face more than any other face in the world, I think. <laughs> 
Okay, fair enough. Maybe that's yeah. Like like. But we, Harry doesn't have any mirrors in the house. Harry doesn't have any at all. So he's even less. supposedly. Although that is something I would like to. I can't remember if it's in this book or the other one. Where he shaves. I know there is. Yeah, he makes like he brings it up like where he's like I don't have any mirrors in the house because they could be used as portals and things and come get you. And First book. Yeah, but then there's also like. A, like you know two scenes later where he like goes and takes a shower and like he's like I was looking at myself in the mirror and I look like shit and I'm like mm, that mirror you don't have Harry <laughs> that mirror was all fogged up with the steam from the cold shower <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's right. actually just got a metal plate that's like, like tacked to the I wall I don't know but it's still reflective so like, I don't know what movie it's in error. I don't know what movie it's in but like like they like for the exact same reason but they just keep a blanket over it so it's good so maybe Harry just does that like there's always a Which, towel in front of the mirror unless fine, he needs it you know Mm. And I sort of thought of that, you know, flip it around or have it. But I was like, technically, Harry, you say you don't keep them around. And then you got out of the shower and looked in the mirror. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it was literally like, yeah, in the same, like, not even That's like. That's just an oh, identical twin that follows him everywhere and doesn't say I, anything. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's his Mary Poppins, like, twin person. Yeah. Like, anyways. So, yeah. I don't know. Would you, do you think you would recognize yourself if somebody looked that much and something was wrong? You know, do you think, I think you would, I would not ex- be expecting to well, see myself so I'd probably be in giant denial that I'm looking at myself. Yeah, see, I think it would be like that too. I was like... You know, estimated there's like seven people on the planet who look like you? Yeah, but it's not very... I mean, we've heard all the doppelgangers and your twins and this and that, you know, I, I, I know, but I there are definitely, but it's just... Again, in, in the media or whatever, when they ever they, they come up with this stuff, everybody's like, that's me. How is... And I'm like, I just... I don't know. I mean, by all means, yeah. if you can engineer to get somebody that looks almost exactly like me to like, I can't randomly give it up right now. Run into me <laughs> on the street happening. somewhere, but I just, I always, you know, I'm like, keep my eyes open. I know, right? I was like, I would, would I literally, would I look at that and be like, that's me? Because I'm like, again, I know what you look like with your hair up or your hair down or your hair long or your hair short, but I'm like, I just feel like it'd be so weird, like if. You know, they didn't look identical to the way I looked at that moment. I just feel like my brain would just, like, not process. Like, oh, you remind me of someone. But, you know, like, when you, you know, you're like, there's some actress or something. You, I don't know. Anyways, I just always find that a really interesting concept. So, yeah. So, he takes a second to just stare in the sheer weirdness of seeing himself. <laughs> and seeing his fingers stuck in. And he's like, get the hell off her. And then the nightmare's like, oh, you showed up. But he's all weird. Be thou silent, wizard. Oh, yeah, using archaic language. Yeah. I will tear thee apart. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Nightmare Dresden uses Dresden's own magic against him. I... Here's a little salt on that wound. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? So he does manage to, um, to get him to, like, sort of leave her alone or whatever in the moment. But he's all like, mm, you forgot something. I'm you now. And, yeah, blast him with his own, like, like, um... Ventus, the, the smaller wind spell. Ventus Servitas. And, you know, again, semi-comical as to this whole thing of, like, which room am I in? You know? <laughs> He's, like, blows him backward into Stallings and Rudolph. Right. So they're all just in a big jumbled up pile on the floor and he just, like, do-do-do-do-do and walks by and Harry's like, fuck her, I can fucking hear this guy just, like, strolling out of here. But we're all, like, flailing and, you know, a little bit stunned, a little bit jumbled in each other and it's like, what the fuck, right? So that, so now Rudolph and Stallings are like, with the what? With the two of, huh? And, uh, and this is where I start wondering a little bit about, um, um, cause yeah, he says it's gonna, you know, got Malone and, and Rudolph says he's gonna call downstairs and tell him not to let him out. And he's like, I didn't bother correcting him. Like he could just walk through walls if he wanted. <laughs> so this is, brings up an interesting point to me. So when he's figuring out what it was, um, and realizes it's the same thing as Malone, right? So he's like, ooh, Malone wasn't sleeping. So while they were waiting for him to fall asleep, he's like outside the house, trashing the place, was trying to get into Lydia because Lydia didn't want to sleep that night and made Fort Hill stay up all night, like talking. And then he was like praying over her and stuff like that. But she didn't sleep that night. And it trashed everything outside the church. So, but as we find out here, it went to Harry's dream, so that was when Harry went to the Never Never in his dream. Then the thing, so does it have a sense like it's in the real world? Because when he shows up to Michael, Michael's like, "Well, oh, we're not there yet." But how often does it just like bounce back and forth? Because like back in like book one or whatever, when he first introduces thresholds and stuff like that, he's like, "That's why like vampires don't try and like mess around and and cross a threshold uninvited because it just takes everything they've got to like hold themselves together mm-hmm. outside of the never never and like keep a body in the real world." 
So I was like, so is he just like, like, he's in a body, but he's just going to zap back to the Never Never, and then he's going to, because the whole thing, it sounded like it's like, takes a lot of like control and energy to whip yourself up. Right, but he also has this physical Dresden's body. power now at this point. I guess, but I mean, like I say, Dresden is, talks about being a brawler, but a lot of, like, he's not just jumping back. I mean, every time he fucking does something, he's like, okay, I'm exhausted for the rest of the book now. <laughs> you know, oh so goodness. I'm like, I don't know how often Harry would be, like, jumping back and forth between, I mean, like... To be fair, they're just getting out of bed. I'm like, okay, that's it. I can't do anything else today. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I'm done. <laughs> Right, but I just, yeah, it was one of those things where I'm just like, I don't know if this holds water for me, because if he can just zap through the wall, then he's not that solid, and if he's not that solid, then how is he doing? I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's uh, analyzing too much, but I'm just like, again, this is one of those little things, I'm like, are there holes in the plot, are there cracks in this foundation here, or... I did wonder how how easy it was for him to... Yeah, because it doesn't seem like he shouldn't just be able to pop and be like, real world, not real world, real world, not real world. Because, you know, I mean, like you said, Harry uses a bunch of power when he, like, tears open a rift to cross over, and Harry's not having to create, he gets to take his own body with him So it's a forth, part of the never-never, though. It could just be easier for him. Yeah, I don't know. He spends all his time running around in the real world until they fall asleep, and then he's just bouncing home until it's time to reset again or whatever, so I guess... Maybe he's not, like, coming back two or three times in the same night or something. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I just, yeah. He's like, whatever, the nightmare could walk through walls if it needed to. And I was like, mm, could it, though? I've never biopsied a ghost before. Cause this is true. And at the same time, though, then it was like, A, why would the ghost need to call up Murphy? It could just, like, walk onto the floor of her. Yeah, that part was weirdo to me because, like, uh, I don't know why I would, like, set a meeting with Murphy if I was a nightmare. I would have just shown up and been like, what up? Buzz me up, bitch. Gotta talk to Murphy. Like, that yeah. part was weirder, but I think it's just a little bit for, like, you know. In a book, it to tip off Harry because, yeah, he's like, yeah. you already talked to me. No, I didn't. Uh-oh. Yeah. In a movie, I think it would have played out even more dramatic, but in a book, it's just like, all right, next page. <laughs> it's a good cliffhanger for a TV show. Maybe. Next I don't time. Know. Um, dun, 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 dun. So Murphy's not in a good place, um, and she's like frozen, shock, terror, and here's where he makes an interesting choice, because he's, he's not snapping her out of it, so he figures he'll do a soul gaze to connect with her. So he braces himself, prepares for it, meets her eyes, and nothing happens. Uh-huh. So that was like kind of a, ooh, moment for us too, because we're like... We didn't know there could be a lights are on, nobody's home moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even though it's very definitely Murphy, and even though she is still alive and whatever, because her mind, brain, emotions, whatever, are are dealing with this other horrific whatever, that, yeah, he actually can't instigate a soul gaze with her. I'm like, that's an interesting <laughs> little plot twist. So they still haven't done the, the gazy. What? I thought it was interesting that he he decides to risk it with Murphy, even though he didn't with um, Malone, where he was like, no, no. Well, he said, yeah, he said with Malone, he's like, I do not want to know what's happening right now. Well, cause, right? yeah, because he opened the site to take a look, and the site was so bad, he's like, I don't want to look directly on Malone's soul itself. Like, he could already see there was bad shit happening around right so yeah so that isn't i know they guess malone i mean here we literally he interrupted it happening because he walked in um again it was something that was created on this side because again the other one went back into the never never and got malone in his sleep this is still in the real world so who knows Mm -hmm. maybe how that's different from or maybe it's just because it hasn't been going on long enough maybe different type of attack this because time. yeah because he said malone had been like doing this for hours and the guy was like shredded pretty badly by the time harry got there so maybe he's counting on the fact that you know not as much trauma has been done you know but i don't know i don't know okay. but doesn't matter because it doesn't get to happen either right. so we don't know if this would have caused him um so yeah, decides to put her um, into basically uh, uh, an induced coma. So because yeah, he figures out that she's terrified, and that even though she's not making any sound, it's like the trying to, which I'm like, that's just kind of a creepy hole. Mm-hmm. It's like I recognized it for what it was. Murphy was screaming. You're like, oh, yeah, uh, no, not I don't like, fan. I don't like, no, no bueno. Um, 
so yeah, so puts her in this, so he's like, I can't, can't snap her out of it, and I don't know if that would be dangerous, but I can lock her down so that the thing can't get at her anymore tonight, and I can make it so that she's not dreaming or anything, so at least hopefully cut her off yeah, from whatever, like. yeah, whatever nightmares it's trying to give her, hopefully we can just wall her away from all of that, um, so, um, so Stallings is in there with him, and is like, what can we do, and he's like, I need Kravos's spell book. And John's like, I can't really just do that. And he's like, but I need it. Like, that's mm -hmm. where, like, this was his demon. He's got the names and everything I need to know in that spell book or whatever. And and Stallings is like, oh, it's kind of some other shit going on. Like, it's not that easy. And Harry's like, well, you want to fucking help her? This is what I need, right? And basically Stallings is like, there's nothing else we can do. And he's like, I can't, no. Like, you want me to help? You want to get her out of this? That's what I need, right? And so Stallings is like, fuck. <laughs> Oh, shit. Shit. So, he's still not, you know, and, and like, I get Stallings. Stallings, like, this could cost me my job. And I'm like, I get that. Like, I mean, and it's, it's again, one of those funny things a lot of times in TV, you know, I'm like, everybody just goes down and grabs evidence all the time, willy-nilly, it seems. But again, in the real world, you know, you gotta have a reason for checking that out. And there's that whole, um... Uh, is it chain of evidence? Is that the word I'm looking for where you all sign off along it? Not chain of command. I know that's oh, not what um, I'm, but like, I think it's chain of evidence or something like that something, where yeah. everybody, you know, has to make sure, you know, where everything went all along the way so it doesn't get misplaced or go missing or, um, you know, basically he's like, yeah. And, and I mean, <sighs> I get it and I don't. Like, Harry makes it sound a little bit like he's like, I need you to steal that book from me. Part of me is like, you were on that case. You were involved in that case. You helped conduct you think there would also be a way for you to reasonably have access. Like, even if you went in, like, maybe you can't take it out of evidence, but if Stallings walks Harry down there and is like, dude needs to take a look at, like, again, I don't know, well, Harry's only, only a, a consultant, consultant, right? And maybe that's, you know, but basically, yeah, it's, it's not even just where... You know, he doesn't even make it sound like he's like, hey, could you just grab it for a couple minutes and let me take a look at it? And then, you you know, he basically makes it sound like he's got to, like, have it. And Stalin's yeah. like, I can't just give it to you. Like, it's fucking evidence. <laughs> well, and the lead investigator on that case would have been Murphy, who is incapacitated, so. Yeah. Like, it's just all... Yeah, and not even incapacitated in, like, a way. Like, she's at the hospital, and, like, everyone knows. Like, she, you put her in a coma in her office on a floor, and nobody knows that she's incapacitated right now. And you're just like, well, Stalling's here to, you know, <laughs> take over for Murphy. Like, uh, Murphy just asked me to grab this, yeah. and, yeah. Why, where's Murphy? Uh, <laughs> yeah, just tell her to, you know, buzz down and let me know. Yeah, having a little nap. She's mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. um, so, anyways, he does say, yeah, because then finally he's like, if I can get it, can you help her? And he's like, yeah. Um, and then Rudolph, again, makes you forget a little bit on these introductions to Rudolph. Rudolph is like, if anything happens to her, I'll kill you. And Harry's like, if, you know, like, if anything happened to her and it was my fault, like, I think I'd let you, you know? But it's like, you really forget, like, Rudolph can be such a prick that you forget sort of how in it he was, like, how loyal and, and whatever he was in the beginning, too, mm -hmm. when he was... You what know. do you mean? What's wrong with Rudolph? <laughs> yeah, I know. What do you mean in the beginning? Well, because, you know, in Full Moon, he got all, like, scaredy pants about the werewolf and kind of ran away and didn't help. No, Battleground hasn't and happened yet. In this one, um, we find out that when they went to get the sorcerer and the demon, Rudolph kind of got all scaredy pants and ran away. So I'm just saying, you know, like, there's, Rudolph's not the most upstanding member of the team. Mm. And he's kind of a dick. Yeah, and he's, he's not very nice to <laughs> Harry, so it kind of gives you that, you know, we just, we don't feel a lot of love and loyalty to Rudolph, and yet here, Rudolph is taking a moment to, um, be like, hey, it's lieutenant, you better not fuck shit up. Yeah. And that's all we know about Rudolph. I was just thinking how, how ragged Harry is at the end of this chapter, too. Like, he's just brutal where he says i want to crawl home and, and put, drop a sleep spell on myself i wanted to hide somewhere warm and quiet and just get some rest i know like, so poor guy he wants to throw himself off a bridge every book right <laughs> well again so he spent the day so they spent the night running around after egg of the hagglethorn they get bailed out of jail um i can't remember if he oh yeah he did good because him and susan sleep. go home so we yeah. got a bit of sleep but then then michael comes and gets him like early the next morning 
So he was already, like, beat up and exhausted when he got home. He obviously stayed up and fooled around with Susan for a little bit more before he finally called it quits. Then Michael's there, like, at dawn or before, because he's like, what the fuck are you doing at this hour? And Michael's like, it's time to go to work! And Harry's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then he, yeah, he goes, they check out um, the church, and then he goes and talks to Morty, and then he gets dragged over to Malone's, and then he gets back home and... Um, um, goes out to search for Lydia and then runs into these vampires and gets like, so he's already kind of got to be working on tired because he hasn't had a whole big night. Like he got a few hours sleep. Might have been very restful because he probably passed out pretty hard after all of that exertion of all varieties. <laughs> um, but now he's been like going, going, going all day because he's talking about when he goes to get Lydia that it's he's trying to get there before sundown, right? So he got up like at sun up or before. Um, and now, right, and basically, yeah, goes, has, like, a mini brawl, and then basically gets, like, drugged out of his mind, so he's already kind of loopy and not, and he finally goes to get some sleep, and then has, like, this horrifying, horrifying right. nightmare, and then he's, like, back up, and then he's, like, fucking racing over to, so it's like he got, like, I don't know, a couple of hours of, like, trauma. drugged out sleep or something <laughs> like that, and then, you know, didn't even really get to fully enjoy his narcotic experience, because he's, like, you know, he's, he's battling it at first, because he knows it's bad, and then when it finally breaks down, he's like, okay, this feels really good. Oh, horror, trauma, death, carnage, like, just no cool. So, yeah, I bet he probably is looking a little <laughs> ragged at this for point. Where, yeah. The worst for wear. He doesn't even have time to be, like, hung over or come down or whatever because he's getting thrown into all this shit again. But now he's pissed off. So he finds enough power to work the spell on Murphy because he taps into some of that anger and rage that this thing is targeting his friends and targeting them as him. Um, and then, yeah, that's basically it. Um, it's just uh, the line... So he comes out after he gets Murphy down where he comes out and Rudolph is there and he's like, Stallings is nowhere in evidence. And I'm like, or is he? <laughs> Maybe that's exactly where Stallings is right now. Um, and then, yeah, and then Rudy's all like, you better not be a, a fake, like nothing better happen to her. And that's basically where they sign off. He's like, kid, if anything happens to Murphy because of me, I think I'd like you. So this concludes our episode 8.9, A Dish Served Cold. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and mcanalys.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling, conjured by it at your own risk. <laughs>